And once again, uh, this is the Nifty Show that you have tuned into or otherwise selected for your ear holes or your eyeballs. I'm Joel Com. That is Riles. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Fantastic and excited about today's show because as we talk about onboarding people to the Web3 world via NFTs, one of the key factors is going to be getting them where they live. And where do they live? Well, they live on their mobile devices, their iPhones, their Android devices. If we can get to mobile, then we can help onboard the masses. And that is one of the goals of today's guest and his project. His name is Omar Siddiqui. He's the CEO of Joyride Games, a cutting-edge Web3 gaming studio revolutionizing the mobile gaming experience with unique NFT integrations. And he's here right now to talk to us all about it. Omar. Welcome to the Nifty Show, sir. Great to meet you. Great to be here also. Yeah, so I, I'm sure you would concur with my assertion that the key to onboarding the masses is getting them where they live, which is mobile. Absolutely. I mean, mobile gaming is the mainstream uh, means by which people are engaging with entertainment experiences. And for us, uh, you know, obviously gaming has been the gateway to new ecosystems, Um throughout the last 15 years. And if we want mass adoption of games that have NFTs and on-chain activity core to their mechanics, we have to be on mobile phones and we have to figure out how to make that work on iOS, on Android, despite all the different challenges. Now, of course, in the course of, of onboarding users to using the technology that we're, we're trying to give them the benefits of, they do still have to jump some hurdles, mm-hmm. right? They still have to, to sort of learn to interact with the technology. And for a lot of people, that can be a turnoff. So, so what approach are you taking with Joyride mm-hmm. to overcome that? Sure. So, you know, a little bit of context. Um, our team has been building free-to-play games both on starting off on Facebook Canvas, then iOS, and then Android since 2007. And so over the years, we've built casual, approachable, community-powered experiences that have entertained 500 million plus people, um, you know, one sort of GDC online game of the year awards, et cetera. And so our focus has always been on building scalable, approachable experiences. And so that's the ethos that we're bringing to blockchain-powered games as well. And, the, and what that means is that you can't hit people with all the barriers to engaging with the with the crypto features up front right because that's also not how the average gamer or the average consumer is browsing the app store trying to find things right they're trying to find great entertainment experiences that suck them in and so what we're doing is building games that are attractive and desirable to play and as users play them we expose them to the features that are enabled by our applic- by the features we've built on chain and onboard them to those experiences as a function of the overall game experience. So oh. it's not about already being a crypto expert or an NFT expert and then coming in after you've al- you already know what you're doing. It's about enjoying a game and then for the sake of experiencing more of the game you learn about and start engaging with these additional features. 
And, and so, you're going after it with these, you know, very mainstream type of games. I see solitaire, I see tennis. If we go to onjoyride.com, which is the website that those of you on video are looking at right here, you see solitaire blitz. That's um, right. You see tennis champs, trick shot blitz. These are all, you know, casual games that anybody can pick up um, quickly and easily. That's correct. So, uh, you know, we launched solitaire blitz uh, back in July. Uh, we launched trick shot in August. And both those games in the last six months have already had 6 million plus players who have created a Joyride wallet to engage with the blockchain related features in those games. Um, and every single day we have you know, thousands of users that are playing on chain, but it's worth noting that those users represent only about a quarter to a fifth of the players playing the game on any given day because at the end of the day, these are fun games. People are coming in, enjoying them, and then discovering certain premium features that are on chain and then choosing to engage with those. And so it's allowing us to really, with these very casual, solitaire, uh, pool, other you know, games in that genre that we're going to continue to be launching over the next six, seven months, it's allowing us to build a sizable user base that is not being drawn from the traditional blockchain or crypto world but rather it's just a group of casual gamers who are interacting with the games and now find themselves with a Joyride wallet to play those games and are becoming a, you know, are becoming the vehicle by which we're now exposing more and more games to them. Now on the website, you list a lot of these, these games that are featured there as including RLY prizes. So it looks like you're rewarding players with a token of some kind. Can mm -hmm. you talk about how players are interacting with that and, and what they can use the token for? Sure. So in this Blitz family of games, um, Solitaire Blitz, Trick Shop Blitz, etc., these are all skill-based games that are approachable and easy to pick up. And the premium features relate to taking your expertise in these skill-based games and competing in tournaments that actually uh, competing in tournaments and PVP gameplay if you want to test just how good you are, right? So you can download the game, you can play it for fun, you can play it with our sort of non-premium currency, you can enter co competitive matches for fun with that non-premium currency. But if you really want to test, uh, you know, just how good you are, you can also enter premium tournaments uh, that are powered by the rally token and you know, test your skills in that venue as well. So now, are you is, getting around the 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 iPhone and Google Store um, crypto regulations in the U.S. or is there a struggle to get these apps into the U.S. stores? So we are uh, not live in the U.S. with these games, um, but that is not due to App Store policy as much as our desire to make sure that before we do anything with tokens in the U.S. for U.S. players. We're completely compliant with, uh, you know, securities and other regulations in the U.S. Uh, but these games are fully App Store compliant. Uh, we have, you know, navigated that process and made sure that all aspects of the game are App Store compliant. And it's something that, you know, comes up on a recurring basis with App Store reviews. So we have like a multi-page document that documents all the different things we've done to ensure that they are App Store compliant. Uh, but I think it's worth noting that, you know, the Blitz games are an ecosystem of skill-based games that will continue to grow and we're going to continue to add more titles there um, and introduce and we are planning on introducing some interesting nfts in that ecosystem as well to reward players uh, on the other side we have our tennis champs game 
which is the first game in our Super Champs ecosystem, um, which you can check out at superchamps.com. And the notion with Super Champs is that you have these you know, cute characters um, that are NFTs that will be used to play with across a range of sports and action games that we are going to be powering with these characters. So it's something we're very excited about. Um, it's something that we think is a big gap in the market that we intend to fill with great art that has game utility as well. Hmm. In other words, to, to sort of reiterate that, one asset used across multiple different games. Correct. Um, now, you know, assets will have different levels, obviously. So there are going to be game NFTs that are specific to, sp to individual games. We'll have Genesis NFTs that have certain privileges that are specific to each game. And then eventually our notion is that we would also have a metaverse NFT or set of metaverse NFTs that sort of span the full franchise, right? But it's something that is an emergent ecosystem. We've done the Tennis Champs NFT drop uh, about Genesis NFT drop uh, last May, oh, sorry, last April. And that went very well uh, and has given us a great community that we have been building the tennis game with over the last uh, you know, six to nine months. And we are you know, going to be announcing some exciting, um, some exciting initiatives, both with fresh NFTs for tennis champs, but then also for the overall ecosystem in the coming months. And I did locate those. I'm assuming this is the collection here is, yes. on OpenSea, Tennis Champs Genesis. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of volume. You guys, are, you're doing really well. The floor as of right now is 0.0799 ETH to, to pick up mm -hmm. one of these. Uh, this, this reminds me a little bit of uh, another project that we've been associated with at Altered State Machine. Are you guys bringing AI into these characters? Are these going to be intelligent uh, players that can learn? We are viewing them as multi-channel IP. And so mm -hmm. we do have, for example, uh, we've already announced this, um, one of our characters will be getting their own TikTok channel uh, shortly, right? And it'll be on TikTok interacting like any other, you know, sports star with superpowers would. Um, and so like there, and, and our intention is to continue building on that, uh, with other applications, both in game and out of game that really takes advantage of these as compelling and exciting character IP that has utility, right? So the purpose of the NFTs for us is to, to have a community that cares about these characters, that cares about the world that we're creating around these characters. So there's a whole story world for them. To then also care about the media products that we're launching in that world, right? But also knowing that that character that they that they can own also will have a utility and privilege and 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 use in a family of games that are also situated in that universe, right? So it's exciting for us because our team. I mean, you know, I, I was a studio general manager at Disney, and really loved building games there because and learning how to develop and manage IP for decades that is evergreen um, by having this holistic view of what you're building. And so far in games, you know, most games have been the recipient of IP that has been created in other channels. And what's really exciting to me today as a game maker taking advantage of these NFT and blockchain capabilities is I see a clear path to how 
meaningful franchises of the future will be created through Web3 games, right? That's actually where you can coalesce a community that cares. You can have a core group of people that builds with you. And then you can take that as a launch pad to really build an ever expansive world that encompasses culture as well as other media. And, and that's amazing, right? That's never existed before as an opportunity. So that, that's a really interesting assertion. I'm, I'm curious to hear more about your thoughts on what makes the approach of developing these multi-channel IP through games first fundamentally different than what's been historically effective before we have the opportunity to do this in Web3. Sure. So traditionally, you see, games are an activity, right? So I've built story-based games for, you know, over a decade and a half. And that those story-based games, you know, earned communities of 200 million plus people. But those people came together to be in the game, to do stuff together, and to engage in game mechanics together, right? And while games have been amazing in providing a venue for people to do things together and connect with each other, they haven't necessarily created the, they're not necessarily as effective in giving people that, that immersive feeling that you get from watching a movie or reading a book where you have the theater of the mind to where people want to escape to that world, right? And so as a result, you can see how, um, you know, in the case of just looking at what gets turned into a major motion, major motion picture, it's only been the biggest massively blockbuster games that have even had an attempt made at turning them into a movie, right? And typically the ones that at least have some very extensive backstory and world creation that accompanies them, right? Specifically Warcraft or Resident Evil or just a handful of others. Certainly on mobile, even though there's numerous mobile games that have entertained, you know, hundreds of millions of people, very few of those, again, have that immersive experience in a world that gives you the freedom to go and build more forms of media around the core community that is coalesced in the game. What's different with NFTs and Web3 capabilities now as we're building these games is that you have something that people care about that is being reflected in the game, right? So in a sense, if you are successfully creating a community that owns you know, a part of the world you're creating, you have a cadre of humans that has given meaning to that in itself, right? And yes, they then want to see it expressed in a game. And we're going to do that in a respectful way that ensures that the ethos of that community and the ethos of that IP that's being created with that community is reflected in the game. But you now have a situation where the game is being played, but the characters and the assets that are being used in the game have meaning that has been given to them by a core community that coalesced around the NFTs, right? And so the challenge for us is to keep growing that community from the Genesis community where you have a core group of really like, you know, committed people who care to a more casual community of people who care because they've discovered it in, you know, a YouTube video or on TikTok clips or fund or finally the final, you know, circle would be having discovered it through the game and then wanting to know more about the characters that you're interacting with in the game. So going to the website and reading about it, 
but now also being able to own that character so that even if it's not in the game, you have something that is an artifact that you have a connection to that you want to see expressed in other forms of media as well. Right? So the fact that you could own something and it becomes a part of you and a part of your identity, you can take it with you and see it expressed in the world, that's very new and different than what we had before where things were just living in the game and you went, you played this little game and you had stuff there where you had the Sword of Avalon and it was awesome. But if you don't see the Sword of Avalon mattering in other contexts, like why do you care, right? So I think that it's that freedom that I think is engendering this opportunity. Well, and with over 3 million players, you're not just talking the talk, you're walking the walk. This is happening now, oh, yeah. folks. This, this thing that we've talked about for years is happening. There's companies like Joyride that are onboarding people. You can go to onjoyride.com to learn more about this and check out superchamps.com. Omar, good job in uh, in bringing digital collectibles and gaming to the mainstream. We're excited to watch where this goes. Appreciate it. Thank you for, for the time today. That is some really fun stuff there, Mr. Riles. I'm, I'm really happy to see this. Yeah, there, there's a couple things, I think, to, to pull from this. One is that what he just laid down was an absolute gem. Okay, that was some transcendent in, uh, industry insight that I think is, is really important for anybody who's listening to this to take away from the, the difference that facilitating a socially driven, ownership driven, participation driven environment can create the opportunity that creates for IP. But also, can you feel that this active volcano is really beginning to bubble? Because right. uh, uh, while Omar and, and Joyride are awesome and all of these other projects that we've been talking with are awesome, there is this collective movement that is taking place naturally through the, through the market system where th this pressure is building and mainstream adoption is going to happen and mm -hmm. games are absolutely going to be one of the primary drivers in that. I, I love that um, independents are getting a foothold first. You know, the large corporations, Blizzard, Activision, Epic, uh, Steam, they're going to be slow to adopt this, but that's great. That plays to the advantage of independent developers that are going to come in and show the way, create a foothold. And actually, by the time these megacorps come around, they're going to have competition already embedded and waiting for them. And I find that exciting. I, I think some of that remains to be seen um, because if I if I were one of those megacorps, I would have been quietly working on this for for the past couple of years, right? I wouldn't have announced a damn thing to a damn soul. <laughs> and you know, I think we we could probably expect some major announcements to come out of at least one of those within the next couple of years, and it would be much larger than than Ubisoft um, having dipped their toe into NFTs with with Rabbids. But uh, it's it's terribly exciting nonetheless. Which Rabbids was kind of a fail. Uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Full disclosure, this interview today was fully vetted before letting them on the show. But we were compensated for it. And the SEC regulations say we need to tell you that. But go do your own research. Don't ever make investment advice based on what you hear. Here, go check out the show notes. Check out the links. Engage your own brain. Engage with the community. Join their Discord. Talk with the people at Joyride and find out for yourself more what it's all about. And if you are in a country where you can download the games, we recommend that you give them a try. And uh, what else we got, Riles? Oh, we've got a uh, we've got a, a, a message here that says that everybody needs to keep it nifty. 
Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Riles are the hosts you'll know. Joel and Riles say this won't blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go. It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy, the nifty show. 